think that if someone comes over to your house and there's like a bottle of lotion in your house, anywhere in your house, it can be fucking yes, anywhere. Yeah. You you automatically assume they're thinking you're using that to jerk off with. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I don't. I don't. I use olive oil for that. You <laughs> <laughs> should make the switch to coconut oil. <laughs> Uh, I like to smell a little bit Italian. <laughs> oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> but like, I I have a thing of like medicated shit because I get fucking ashy as hell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Coming to you from high atop the mendacious building in beautiful downtown Chattanooga. It's the Bullet Ash Syndicate. And now here's your hosts, Chip and James. I'm not James. Okay, now we can start. So that is that simple. Yeah. Is this still the Balderdash Syndicate? Sometimes. Are we, are we, are we even doing that anymore? <laughs> um, did my week go fine? Uh, yeah, it's all right. Fucking traffic on the thing sucks still. The split there mm-hmm. still sucks. Still all fucked up. Lots of road rage. No, I'm all right. I thought about yeah. you earlier this morning. Well, you were in the shower. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I was not washing my ass. I was like, this is what James would do. <laughs> no, I was in the car and I was listening to uh, Louis C.K. Yeah. And it talks about people complaining about shit and just how, like, people complain about their phones not working. And he's right. like, you take for granted how amazing it is that you even fucking have a phone. It does yeah. what it does. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about somebody he knows complaining about being on an airplane, having to sit on the runway for like 30 minutes yeah. and how they were all pissed off and he said, you're complaining about it like it's a boxcar in Poland in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really have anything to complain about. Went to a park this morning, a different park. Man? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, now, the there was a bathroom at the park, and it had uh, it was like one of those concrete jobs with male on one side, female on the other side. Mm-hmm. And we walked around the back of it. I could see that there was some construction going on, like they were building a pathway or something next to it. So we go all the way around the park and walk around, and now we're at the front where the, the side where the doors are, and there's a men's room, and the doors open, and there's a dude standing in there with his his pants kind of sagging, uh-huh. and I'm like, that motherfucker's just sitting there pissing with the door open in broad daylight with the park, and nice. then I then I looked, and it was just a dude with his ass crack hanging out, uh, just a construction worker. He was in the bathroom painting it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was all mad for a second. I was like, man, there's little kids around and shit. And you're fucking standing here with your dick out. If you go into a public bathroom and say there's like five stalls and two urinals mm-hmm. and both those urinals are taken and you go in one of those stalls to pee, do you close the door behind you? Yeah, usually. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't. No? Mm-hmm. Um, fucking, you have your back to the door. It's a power move. To leave it open. Yeah. You know what the fucking real power move is? Is the dudes that walk into the bathroom and pull their pants all the way to their fucking ankles and stand at the urinal. Okay, that's what I was about to get to. Is- so, you know, when you start high school and you're made to believe, like, oh, you're going to get picked on by all, like, the upperclassmen, like, the seniors run the show. Right. And you're a freshman. You're just a baby. So, me and my buddy, I was kind of, like, living with at the time. Dude, we took high school by the balls our freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> And every day we'd go in any of the fucking bathrooms at any given moment, pants all the way down to the ankles at the fucking urinal peeing side by side. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to be in the room with you. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny, but. (laughs) You know what I like is, uh, well, I don't like, but like the (laughs) the move that that I see is there'll be like a line of like 15 fucking urinals and girls don't understand this at all. I don't think. But there'll, there'll be like a line of like, you know, a bunch of fucking urinals and you, the etiquette is to stay in your area. Mm-hmm. 
but there'll be all these empty urinals and some motherfucker will come and stand like right, right next to you. you. Yeah. You want to yeah. try to be like skip a urinal. Yeah. At Dude least. here, skip one. You go here. Oh, fucking same, same exact thing in movie theaters. If you go to yeah. the movie theater. And some and, motherfucker sits right beside you. And there's other places for them yes, to sit. Or in the seat right in front of you. Yes. I to, can't to stand that shit either. Such a fucking passive aggressive yeah. dick move. Only fucking cunts from Asheville do that. Dude. And the other one is. Where you're going, like, say if I'm walking, I walk across the parking lot and that space that runs right in front of the fucking, like, grocery store or Target or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. The fucking lanes. You stop to let a fucking car go. The car goes, no, I'll stop. Yeah, so now now you have to jog across the fucking road. Yes. You're like, I don't give a – if you had not stopped, I would have already been across this motherfucker. You want to know another one of my power moves? Huh? If there's a car coming and I'm walking, I don't stop to let them go. I keep fucking walking <laughs> and, make and they stop. have to stop. That's I also do that shit in Florida. They're on the beach. Those little the little strips that go up and down along sides of the beach with a yeah. fucking pedestrian crosswalks all, everywhere. Yeah. I don't even fucking look before I walk out there. I just walk out there. Yeah. Yeah. Just waiting for fucking some old. Dude, there's a lot of fucking old fucking blue haired women driving fucking yeah. giant oh, cars. Yeah. I don't know. Ah. <sighs> They don't see well. Yeah. Well, that's not my problem. I'm just trying to get us a check for a new studio. <laughs> Being a pedestrian in Florida is a fucking, it's a dangerous thing. Being in Florida is a dangerous thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about it's dangerous. Oh, my God. It's strong, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's good, though. No matter how much you drink, it's still strong. <laughs> isn't it funny how you forget? You take a sip. And then you're like, oh, that's strong. And then you wait a few minutes and, and you're like, like oh, I'm time for another sip. It's like, <laughs> it's like hitting yourself in the dick with a hammer and then going back for more. Hey, that was, uh, I forgot about that. You ever watch the BME Pain Olympics? The B and B? BME. BME. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. What is BME? Wow. I don't know what that acronym stands for. Yeah. But I do know it's the Pain Olympics and it's basically dudes like cutting their dicks off. Uh, slicing open their sacks and pulling their nuts out and what cutting kind them in of half. dark web shit are you on? <laughs> Dude, I was watching this shit when I was like 12. Let's see. No, I don't want to see any of no, that. No, I've got to show you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested in any of that shit. I didn't ask. I don't watch I don't watch any of that like pimple popper horse shit either. Oh, I don't like or that. Fucking, That's gross. You know. Uh, this is BME Pain Olympics dot org. Oh. .edu.gov. <laughs> oh, you can't play that. You can't play the volume. You got to turn the well, volume off. It's a commentary. Yeah, but these uh, punk rockers will come after us. The corporate motherfuckers. It's pretty bad, isn't it? Is he cutting slices of his finger off? No. Of his dick? Yeah. That's not his dick. It's just it? very pixelated. No, not happening. What? God, why is it so pixelated? Because it was probably filmed in the fucking 80s. Yeah, but it, I watched all this stuff like a fucking on Windows 97 on an old box monitor, and it wasn't this pixelated. Maybe you need Windows 97 to see it right. This is That's probably what it is. I'm willing to bet. That's a good one right there. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, it hurts. Anyways. Why'd you have to bring that up? Jeez. I didn't. Want to do it on this day? Do we have to? You'd probably like it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Welcome to the Mother Podcast. Now it's time for... On this day, with Chip and James, pay attention, you may learn some This is exciting. <clears throat> I know. I like I'm going to try to read now after drinking half of a fucking thing. <laughs> um, Albert Pierpoint, born March 30th, 1905 in Yorkshire, was always going to be an executioner. <laughs> <laughs> At at the age of just 11, Pierpoint wrote in an essay, 
quote, when I leave school, I should like to be the official executioner. Dream big. Um, but Pierpoint, uh, his morbid dreams didn't come about by accident. His father and his uncle were both executioners. And Pierpoint wanted to continue in the family business. Uh, his father died in 1922, but Pierpoint inherited notes, diaries, and journals he'd kept on how to hang people. All right. Um, upon studying his father's notes, Pierpoint sought to become an executioner more than ever before. But his queries to the prison commission were dismissed as he was told that there were no vacancies. Uh, in the meantime, he made ends meet in his new home in Greater Manchester by taking odd jobs like making deliveries for a wholesale grocer. Finally, in 1932, Pierpoint got his shot at being an executioner when a space opened up at the fall up following a, the resignation of an assistant executioner. He attended his first execution in Dublin in late 1932, which was carried out by his uncle, Thomas Pierpoint, and was able to observe and assist in a number of executions afterwards. I wonder how deep the chain of command in the execution business is. Well, it was his father, his uncle, him, and there were others. And I'm not sure if they, like, they. I guess they were just on call. Hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. However, Pierpoint was still a rookie. And there weren't that many executions in Britain in the 1930s. So the eager young hangman didn't get his chance to actually carry out an execution right away. In fact, his first execution wasn't until October 1941 when he hanged a gangster for murder, Antonio Mancini, in London. The following year, he executed the notorious spree killer, Gordon Cummins, the blacked-out ripper, believed to have murdered and mutilated four women over a course of just six days in February of 1942. Yeah. But after World War II, your favorite subject, Albert Pierpoint's yes. workload increased immensely. Goddamn right it did. <laughs> just after the close of World War II, Britain's most famous executioner truly made his name for himself by hanging approximately 200 war criminals. So he was on the right side of history. Yes. Many of them were Nazis. Not all of them, uh, but many of them. Well, well, all of them were Nazis. Uh, <laughs> Let's get this straight. Between 1945 and 1949, Pierpoint traveled to Germany and Austria more than 20 times in order to execute some of the most disturbing Nazis to have committed atrocities during the war. One of such criminal was Joseph Kramer, the commandant of Auschwitz and the Bergen-Belsen, where prisoners dubbed him the Beast of Belsen. Another of Pierpoint's Nazi hangings was Irma Geis, the hyena of Auschwitz, who became a concentration camp guard when she was just a teenager. Pierpoint executed dozens upon dozens of other war criminals just as vicious, while also executing Britain's own acid bath killer in 1949. He even once hanged 13 in a single day on February 27, 1948. It's a hard day at work. Yeah. A lot of fucking uh, nuisance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After executing so many hated Nazis, Pierpoint became famous as sort of a quasi-war hero and also made enough money to buy a pub named The Poor Struggler outside of Manchester, while still carrying out executions when the need arose. People flocked to the pub so that they could be served a pint by Britain's Nazi executioner. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, but in 1950, Pierpoint's life as a pub-owning executioner took a dark turn. One of the pub's regulars, James Corbett, was sentenced to death for the brutal murder of his girlfriend in a fit of jealousy. Corbett had gotten drunk at Pierpoint's pub and even sung a song with Pierpoint before heading home to commit his crime. After Corbett was sentenced to death, Albert Pierpoint was the one to perform the execution. He said it was the only time that he regretted doing his job. Accounts vary, but some say that was when Pierpoint began to consider putting down the noose for good. Still, he stayed employed as a hangman for five more years, during which time he executed high-profile criminals like the serial killer John Christie and Timothy Evans. Timothy Evans was the man who was mistakenly hanged for one of Christie's crimes before new evidence found out that Christie himself and Christie himself was arrested. So they hung a dude mistakenly for committing this other dude's crimes. Mm -hmm. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. John Christie was about to be executed at Lon London's Pentonville prison. Immediately before he was hanged, Christie, his hands tied behind his back, complained that his nose itched. The executioner leaned in and told Christie, it won't bother you for long. <laughs> Full um, circle. Yeah. 
On July 13, 1955, Pierpoint executed another high-profile murder, Ruth Ellis, a model and nightclub hostess who shot her abusive boyfriend to death. Because she was a woman who'd killed an abusive boyfriend while clearly in a state of extreme stress, Ellis's death sentence was extremely controversial among the British public to the point where the government's views on capital punishment began to change. It was a really big deal because they were basically they hung a pretty girl. Yeah. But before the execution jobs even had a chance to dry up much, Britain outlawed executions in 1965. Uh, Albert Pierpoint resigned following a January 1956 dispute in which he was not paid his full rate, which was about $450 when adjusted for inflation. Wow. For an ex- he was not paid for an execution that was called off just before it was to take place. Receiving his full rate in such a case would have been customary, but not mandatory in such a case. So he argued with them about that. Um, and with that, the career of Britain's most famous and prolific executioner came to an end. Uh, the reason that Albert Pierpoint was able to become famous, the reason he was called upon to kill again and again, is that he had developed a reputation for being extremely quick, calm, and efficient during executions. Uh, the mark of a good executioner is, among other things, that they properly size the noose the ro- and the rope according to the prisoner's body so as to ensure a quick, humane death by breaking the neck. Mm -hmm. Too long a rope and the longer fall can end with such force that the prisoner is decapitated. Too short a rope uh, and the short fall can end with so little force that the neck doesn't break and the prisoner slowly strangles to death. So he was a master of his craft and and remaining calm throughout the proceedings. Uh, He was just really, really good at his work. Yeah. Um, Great at hanging people. Yes. While Albert Pierpoint may have remained suitably detached during his career, he did go on to voice his opinions after his resignation. In 1974, he wrote in a memoir entitled Executioner Pierpoint, in which he stated that capital punishment doesn't deter criminals. This is what he said. It is said to be a deterrent. I cannot agree. There have been murders since the the beginning of time, and we shall go on looking for deterrence until the end of time. I've come to the conclusion that executions solve nothing and are an antiquated relic from a primitive desire for revenge, which takes takes the easy way out of the hands and hands the responsibility over for revenge to other people. Uh, However, just two years after that book's publication, Pierpoint appeared to have changed his mind. On a radio interview in, B- on, uh, in the BBC, on the BBC, he stated that he believed crime in Britain had increased since outlawing executions and that his country may need to bring back capital punishment in order to solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So. What do you think about capital punishment? Um, Let's get into it. Let's make things weird. <laughs> what do I think about it? I yeah. don't think it deters anybody. I think. Uh, I think. That there's fucking a lot of mental illness that needs to be dealt with before they start fucking hanging people, you know. What are you really going to do? I mean, we could be like Texas and just fucking kill everybody. Fucking got my vote. Men, women, children, retards. They really like to hang their retards in fucking in Texas. You can say that. What? They do. I don't think you can say the R word. Oh. My name is Albert Pierpoint, and I was executioner for 25 years. Here are a few notes on what happens when a man is to be executed. When a man is to be executed, I and my assistant must get to the prison by 4 o'clock on the day before the execution. And we have to stay there until it is over. We are told the height and weight of the prisoner and are given an opportunity to see him at exercise or in his cell or from some point where he cannot see us. I used to arrange that the prisoner has his back to us when I come in in case he might get excited. Then when I am inside, I fasten his arms behind his back with a leather strap. Then the prisoner is escorted out of the condemned cell into the execution chamber and is placed on a white chalk mark so that his feet are across the vision of the trap. While my assistant is fastening up his legs, I draw a white cap over his head and place a new round his neck. The knot is a secret of it. 
we have to put it on the left lower jaw. And if we have it on the sap side, when he falls, it finishes underneath the chin and throws the chin back. But if the knot is on the right hand side, it would finish up behind his neck and throw his neck forward, which would be strangulation. He might live on the rope for a quarter of an hour then. As soon as I see that everything is ready, I pull the lever and the prisoner falls through it. And it is all over in an instant. Capital punishment. Lots of good advice. Yeah. That uh, kind of reminded me of the Netflix documentary I watched that taught me how to make crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> know how to hang someone proficiently now. Yeah. It's a... Uh, waste no time. You don't want them to struggle. I mean, you know, you want to be quick. I if you, if you really want it to be quick, when you walk into the cell and he's got his back turned to you, just pop him on top of the head with a ball pin hammer and just walk out of the room again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That or just tell one of the other dudes that are there, like, here, take the shiv and kill him. We'll let you live. <laughs> and go to the dude next to him. <laughs> you just tell him all the same thing. There can only be one. So, what do you think about capital punishment for people that are, like, serial murderers? Do I think that they should be killed? Yeah. I, I think that, uh, well, they did the, have you ever seen, God, what's a show? It's a, like a Netflix series where they're going from, and it's a true story. Where they went from serial killer to serial killer and they were just asking them the same questions over and over again yeah and they all found it's all mental illness Mm -hmm. if we can work on a mental illness Mm -hmm. that would solve a lot of crimes like a whole lot of crimes yeah but but we're fucking i'm talking about the one that have just the ones that have already committed the crime and i don't mean like little stuff i mean like like the dude like double rape and murder what do you do with that oh well you got to get him out of society you, yeah, there's no fixing. Sure. There's no fixing it. Exactly. It's almost like um, what do they say? Like a bear that's tasted human flesh. So you fucking got to put him down because yeah. The same thing with dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once they're to that point, there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I wonder what people taste like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> I uh, I think about that a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they taste like hippo. <laughs> I watched a uh, a documentary of this dude that had like eaten. I think he said he had killed and eaten like three people or some shit. Talked about it and, and described what it was like and how fatty our meat is. Oh, and how I'm sure it is. It's not very. I think he said it was gamey, kind of like duck. You fucking <laughs> duck with Doritos or some shit. Yeah, all that McDonald's grease already in there. <laughs> we can't. We can't be good. You know, there's I mean? no fucking way. Yeah, there's no way. We got to be worse than like you. You know how fucking uh, bacon might cause a grease fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be real careful about cooking with people. All right, all this talk talk about murder and eating people. I think it's time for a beer. It's beer time with Chip and James. One is a jerk and the other's insane. It's beer time with Chip and James. Which one will pull their dick out? Beer time. Scofflaw Brewing. Scofflaw Brewing? Mm-hmm. Pog Basement IPA. Yep. Holy shit. 7.5% alcohol. This is stronger than last week's. Not mm-hmm. as strong as the Chattanooga whiskey. Who's to say? I don't know. We'll find out. <sighs> Ooh. This one in particular is called... Basement Pog. Pog stands for passion fruit, orange, and guava. Oh, that, uh, that makes sense. Alcohol percentage is 7.5. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a 45 on IBU scale, and SMR is a 7. Um, meat Basement's outgoing little brother, a little less business, a lot more party. We add in passion fruit, orange, and guava for a big-ass tropical kick, taking you out of the basement and straight to the islands. How do they know that we're in a basement? How do they know that we want to be on the islands? It's in Atlanta. I Atlanta, that's what I thought. Georgia. Scofflaw Brewing. You know what Scofflaw means, right? Yeah. Fuck the man. Yeah. Is that really what that means? It does. It's a, it's a to Scofflaw, to scoff at the law, to say fuck gotcha. the man. Oh, God, it smells so good. It is pretty fucking it smells good. So good. All right, I'm going to pour it. What do you think? It's beautiful. It is very good. It, is, yeah. it looks very nice. It looks like, I feel like that's what an IPA should look like. Yeah. Is that right there? That's yeah. what I have in mind when I think about it. Uh, I love the, the hints of orange in it. 
What does it taste like? Let's find out. It tastes like a seven and a half percent fucking IPA. Does it? Oh yeah, I'm excited. Oh my god, I'm very excited. It's got a little little bit more kick than last week's for All right. sure. Let's try it. A little bit more beery taste. More, you know what it tastes like? It tastes like seltzer almost. It's got some seltzer in it. It's got a little dry seltzer taste. I like that. Yeah. I feel like I can taste the guava in it and then the passion fruit. I feel like I can taste the passion fruit more than the orange. It has a dry aftertaste. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that, that's what I was talking about. It's an all day drinker for me. I like that. Is it? Yeah. That's very good. I don't know if I could drink that all day. I don't necessarily mean all day. But it definitely wouldn't have to be like a special occasion for me to get more. Let me ask you a question. Oh, God. There's a thing that happens when you are married or you have a girlfriend and you do something good. Mm -hmm. Like it could be putting the groceries away without being asked. or And for doing those things, you should get something that's called a hero's blowjob. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I was wondering... You just bought your wife a new car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what kind oh, dude, we're doing butt stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. I that just, was one of the uh, this is one of the conditions. That was a condition you put up front? Yeah. I'm going to get you this, but we're doing butt stuff. Yes, it for sure was. Because she was telling me, she was like, I want it. And I was like, well, I was like, you know, because we were drinking. And she's like, you know, Chip, I really want that car. I was like, well. I was like, we'll talk about it. She's like, what do you mean we'll talk about it? I'm like, there's going to be conditions. She was like, like what? And I was like, you want that car? I want some butt action. (laughs) And she was like, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) and she's like, I don't want to do butt stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to get you that fucking car either. (laughs) No, like, I don't know. Well, I was just curious. I mean, I think we've been together long enough now where none of that shit really matters. No. Should though, this should there should there's a there there's a like when you do something good, mm-hmm. there should be something. Oh, for sure, you know, yeah. to encourage you to keep doing good stuff. Yeah, you would think. You would think. You'd like, think. Like, basically, when you break it down, all you're doing is training a fucking animal. Yeah, right? pretty much. <laughs> so, and the way this animal is trained is he gets the good stuff, whether good stuff's <laughs> happening or bad stuff's happening. So, <laughs> she's uh, a terrible trainer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but <laughs> I can smell drugs from a mile away. That's all. I, all I know is she hides drugs in her cooter, and I can smell them. Yeah. Uh, when I when I was working, uh, I worked down I worked down in Georgia for a while with a professional dog trainer that mm-hmm. was uh, training labs for duck hunting. Uh-huh. I did that for a while. <clears throat> You know, you have to be pretty rough and stern on these dogs that you're training. For one, you're getting paid a lot of money to be doing this, and people are, you know, expecting to pick up what they're asking for right. when they show up to get their dog. So you have to be really stern with them and demand their respect from them and demand that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're commanding them. They're going to do what you tell them to do. And we went out for lunch together one day and I mentioned something about the dogs, you know, just how stern you had to be with them, how hard you had to be on them. He said, yeah, he said, they're just like women. He said, the more you beat them, the more they love you. Oh, and that has stuck with me <laughs> all my whole life so far. Yeah. The more you beat them, the more they love you. Yeah, Speaking yeah, of, I need yeah. to stretch before was I go that, home. Was that guy married? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She hated me. <laughs> she didn't like me at all. United States, hundreds of thousands of every walk of life on the farms, in low-rent housing districts, in suburban homes and apartments, and in the better-class neighborhoods of any city or town. For their number is legion, and wherever people live, there also live the mentally retarded. All right. So today on BSN, Breaking news. Sex workers. Dozens of sex workers in the Netherlands gathered in, is that Hague? 
The Hague, yeah. In the Hague, the Hague, the Hague, the Hague. Goddamn, it's, like, it's, like to- it's an international court where like they send, I guess, Nazis, war criminals, and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. We could talk more about that later. In Hague to protest against alleged discrimination against their profession during the times of a pandemic of COVID nineteen. They claim that is un- that it is unfair for them to be outlawed while other contact professions such as hairdressers and massage therapists can work in their country. Some protesters were holding signs saying that blow jobs are real jobs, sex work yes, stigma no. The country's health minister, Hugo de Jong. That's what his name is now. Announced on Wednesday that the so-called contact professions could reopen as of Wednesday. However, he specifically excluded sex workers. He says that the the very nature of their profession requires a close proximity of individuals that cannot be safe during the pandemic. This dude has apparently never done it like doggy style. Hit it from the back. That is the... Only position where your faces are that far apart. It's fucking, uh, and it was, what was it? Uh, Canada that was encouraging people to use glory holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, but the protesters in Hague disagree. They argue that despite the fact their profession is usually based on physical contact, they can maintain the five feet distance between themselves and their clients. Doggy style. Uh, this is, uh, I guess this is a, uh, a quote from someone that was there. I am an S&M mistress. It's no problem at all to keep the 1.5 meter distance. I can lock them up in a cage, stay far away from them. I can even implement COVID rules. We can play doctor. I can put them on a dog leash, said one Rotterdam sex worker who identified herself as Princess Pr- Patricia. Another quote is, everything is possible. I have a very long whip, so no risk at all. Prostitution has been recognized as an official legal profession in the Netherlands since 1988. Wow, they're doing things right. Yeah. While estimates regarding the total number of of prostitutes vary, most sources place this number between 15,000 and 30,000. Let them go to work, dude. That's a small country, dude. There's about 30,000 fucking prostitutes. Yeah. I wonder what the total population of the Netherlands is. I think that that what has happened there since 1988 is the same thing that's happened during COVID for um, OnlyFans. Like all of a sudden, all these people are like, "Well, I can just stay at home and fucking rub one out on camera." <laughs> yeah, there you and go. And make a living. Yeah, like all kinds of people. Yeah, and you know what I don't like right now? What? I don't like the fucking porn where the chick doesn't show her face. That's a new thing because there's all the you're pussing out. If you're not, I want to see your face. You know what I'm saying? Like there's all these. I think there's religious reasons they can't show their face. No, no, no. This is just since the COVID and fucking like, like, you know, your fucking sister is doing porn right now and she doesn't want you to know that she's doing porn. They just show her from the fucking neck down. That's horse shit. I can almost rub one out if, if all she was showing was the neck up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing, you know, that Tom and Bert talked about. What? Was, uh, what was it called? I think it was called Plas, is what it was called. It was like how to take, like, here, let me pull it Oh, up. yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what I'm talking about, right? It's, uh, yeah, but I forget what the acronym stands for. Let's see if we it's can. It's like get you're it trying here. to do all four things in one fucking photo or some shit like that, right? Yeah, I believe so. I just don't like that. You know what else? You know this other dark fucking thing that I've gone down. There's a dude or dudes that will do that. They do this. They'll they'll go into the Motel Six, which we're very familiar with, and they'll put their set their phone up on the dresser or whatever across the room so that they get the front door and the bed, and then they just stand there fucking spread eagle naked, fucking rubbing their boner until the fucking like the maid comes around to clean the room. <laughs> Yes. You've seen that? Yeah. And he was like, come on in. And it's not fucking, it's just like some dude. And I heard an interview with a guy said that he would just like, he would straight up show chicks his dick. And it was a hit or miss fucking thing. He says, <laughs> obviously, but, the, <laughs> but the, the, the numbers were high enough to where he was like keeping, he just kept on trying it. Yeah. Like, but then again, one out of a hundred, one out of like a thousand, if it happens once, you're going to go, well, fuck it worked once. It's going to work again. Yeah. Eventually it's like playing the fucking lotto. Right. Yeah. Kind of like all those dudes that sit on like fucking chat roulette all day long, waiting for one, one chick, chick to yeah. pop up for 10 seconds before she fucking skips him. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. So what I was talking about, uh, the acronym PLAST, it's P-L-A-S-T-T. It's an acronym meaning 
it's the P word. I don't like that word. What? The P word. Prison? No. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Okay. Uh, legs, ass, smile, toenails, and tits. Toenails and tits? Toenails and tits. How the fuck do you do that? I have no idea. Jesus. Okay. Here's the news. This is also about sex workers. Cockfight. Fangula Santish, 45, was stabbed in the groin last week when a bird he had just armed for for the fight fluttered in panic, according to the police in Lothanar Village in Tel- Telangana State. That's what it's called now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like how we rename everything and everybody to where we can pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, Satish was hit by the rooster's knife in his groin and started bleeding heavily, police inspector oh, B. Man. Jevin said on Sunday, revealing that the victim died on his way to the local hospital. Police are now looking for over a dozen other people involved in the or- in organizing the deadly cockfight. I think you're going to find them. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <Good> look. <laughs> w- warning that they could face up to two years in prison if found guilty. Two years in prison for attending uh, the cockfight? Yeah. In India? In uh, India? In India? Yes, this is in India. Oh, that's bull. I didn't think they had those kind of laws over there. I didn't think they had any laws over there. I didn't either. They've got this shit called bong that is, it's it's regulated by the state, but you can, by the country, but you can get it pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. And basically, it is a big fucking ball of weed. And they make it into like milkshakes and fucking, you know, basically for a couple of bucks, you get a big ass fucking thing of weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because oh. it's part of a, it's part of some religious beliefs. And it's big enough that they just said, fuck it. Well, you, you, yeah. but you got to buy it at these shops. Yeah. So kind of like Florida. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the rooster survived. With photos of it tied with with photos of it tied to a rope and pecking on grains at a police station, went viral <laughs> on social media. Uh, we need to produce it before the court. Jevin said, "In the fights banned in India since 1960, two birds with a knife blade attached to their f- attached fight until one either dies or flees." Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the nationwide ban, they remain common in the southern Indian states of Telanga, Andhra Pranesh, Tamil Nadu, you know, Kathmandu, whatever. Uh, often under the watch of powerful local politicians that make big money bets. Yep. Yeah. It was on here. Does it? It does. It's actually more common here than you think it would be. Well, you know, I was told that it is also very common in uh, South Florida, too, but I never, like, really saw it, saw it, you know, but you always yeah. knew it was there. Well, the thing about uh, about any, about any t- keeping any, ty- any type of game chickens, whether it be hens or gamecocks, uh-huh. once you see it one time and you realize what it is, right, then you forever recognize it after that. Oh, you see, yeah, okay. you ever, yes. Yeah. So I, you know, your whole life you've rode past people's houses and they had like chickens tied out in the front yard, right? Or these little triangle shaped huts in the front yard with chickens under them, right? Or a pen in their front yard that you know, yeah, or a bunch those, of dudes the, screaming around a pit in the fucking, <laughs> yeah, someone's tying <laughs> tying a scalpel to the back of their chicken's leg. You know, once you see yeah. that, you're like, hey, I know what they're doing. I, I can't unsee yeah. that. There you go. Yeah. You know what else is bad? Um, when guys walk up to you and fucking won't try to put your dick in your hand when you're pumping gas. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. That's uh, illegal. <laughs> no, what unlike else? fighting chickens. <laughs> but no, like a lot. Some of these places around here that get busted, uh, fighting fighting gamecocks. Uh-huh. Uh, most of the time, nothing happens. No, pack it up, get out of here. Before yeah. we arrest all of you. We don't want to arrest you because we know none of you speak English. You're going to make yeah. this real difficult. Just get, get out of here. Yeah. Um, I want to do another one. Okay. <clears throat> Which one are you doing? Stolen penis. Okay. According to the court records, Alex uh, Bonilla. That's what it is now. Or Bonilla. You you decide. Flip a coin. Bonilla. 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 Alex Bonilla, 51, entered a plea deal on charges of kidnapping to inflict bodily harm. Uh, 
bodily harm, burgl- burglary, while armed, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, and aggravated assault with a firearm. Last week, a... What the fuck? Why do I get all the hard ones? Gilchrist County Judge sentenced uh, Bonilla to 20 years in prison. In oh, Oregon. that's fucking Gilchrist. That's Gilchrist? Florida. Is yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised. There Jeez. you go. You know, uh, uh, sentenced him to 20 years in prison. They ordered him to pay $255,000 in restitution to the victim. Additionally, he was sentenced to 10 years probation. According to reports, the victim was uh, it was the dude's neighbor. Investigators said on the morning of July 14th, 2019. Uh, Bonilla busted into the victim's home armed. Since this is, did you say South Florida? No, this is this is North Florida. Oh, I was going to say if it's South Florida, it's definitely Bonilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, busted into the victim's home armed with a gun and told the victim that if he resisted in any way, he would be killed. According to the arrest affidavit, uh, Bon Bonilla, I'm calling him Bonilla, it's easier, stated, I came here to fix something. Bonilla then forced the victim into a bedroom and tied him up while putting on a pair of gloves. Bonilla told the victim, this is normal. You will not die today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then he repeated himself, you won't die, but you will remember this for the rest of your life. He then put on a rubber band around the base of the man's penis while holding him at gunpoint. He used a dull pair of scissors to snip off his penis. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Right before uh, he cut the victim, he stated, This is for all the women you have been in a relationship with. The victim told investigators that it took a couple of tries before he was able to completely cut through his penis. Ugh. Uh, I was shaking and in shock. I was trying to keep from throwing up, stated the victim. Bonilla then stole the man's penis and ran across the street to his own home. (laughs) (laughs) He's across the street. You're terrible at this crime thing. (laughs) (laughs) Two months prior to the incident, Bonilla had discovered that the victim had been sleeping with his 35-year-old wife after he came home and caught them in the act. Ah, The victim said doctors told him that he will never have full function of his penis. Investigators said a portion of the man's appendage was never recovered. Even more disturbing, police said the victim's daughter was peeking under the bedroom door and witnessed the entire incident. Oh, my God, that's awful. Bonilla denied any wrongdoing. Not it, it's not awful. He told officials that he blacked out and does not remember the incident. They have a, uh, uh, like the, they have the Blueberry Festival, Strawberry Festival. They have a cutting the penis off festival at Gilcrest yeah. County, I think. <laughs> uh, he denied any wrongdoing and he has received huge support from the public and dozens of letters were sent to the judge asking for the court to be lenient with sentencing. What that's do you a, think? I think that that's a, a more of a it's a like a not a moral law but like a religious law almost. Like there's there's they want leniency for the dude because his wife was cheating on him. Yeah, yeah, but those are laws like morality laws. Those aren't actual law laws. Like it's not illegal to cheat on your husband by like written law. I think it is. It is. I'm pretty sure that's what that whole marriage thing is about. Yeah, but I don't think it's I don't think it's illegal to do it. Sodomy is illegal. It depends on where you're at. True. It's not illegal in Florida. No. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> no, it might be. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't, this is another question that I have. You know how if you touch your penis, I don't feel it through my fingertips as much as I feel it through my penis when I touch my penis. This is a very important point. Number. Hold on. When what? you're feeling, when you grab your penis. With one hand or two. It does not matter. When you grab your penis, you are feeling it through your penis way more than you are feeling your, you are feeling your, your hand with your penis more than you're feeling your penis with your hand. Because your penis is way more sensitive than your hand. Okay. I, I Yeah, I got what you, I get what you're saying. Okay. So, how do you know what a penis skin feels like? You can never know unless you touch another man's penis what a penis skin feels like. See what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. 
So let me touch your pants. <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Believe it or not, yes, it is illegal in Florida to cheat on your spouse. Under Florida law, statute 798.01, living in open adultery is a second degree misdemeanor and is punishable by law. Punishable. I wonder what, what, what kind of punishment they get there. Uh, Go home before we have to death rest sentence. you. No, death sentence. <laughs> you get your dick cut off. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, do you need to prove infidelity? Cheating can make a difference. You file for divorce in Florida. Apparently, people looking this up <laughs> are also looking to get divorced. Yeah. Well, I know that if you cheat on, if, if, I think in New York and California, if you are caught cheating mm-hmm. and you divorce, it entitles you to more of a divorce. Yes, settlement. it most certainly does. Yes, but I think because Florida is a no fault type of a state, it's bullshit. It they don't. It doesn't mean shit, right? Like you can, <sighs> you can, you you can just for shits and giggles produce a videotape of your wife getting railed by a bunch of dudes, but it doesn't make do anything except make you giggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially when, when you when the judge is watching it and he's like, I've seen enough. You're like, no, no, it's getting to the good part. Wait right here. Watch. Hey, yeah, well, it's getting to there you are, Judge. Uh, <laughs> um, she would never do that with me. <laughs> okay. And that's why we're getting a divorce. In records, in records we, she she wouldn't do it with me, so we're out. Uh, yeah. she, okay, we're done. Now I'm I'm doing this one because you think your mailman is a piece of shit. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> I for sure do. Okay, um, according to a Facebook post in Rhea County, uh, Rhea County Sheriff's Department page, I think Rhea County is that Georgia? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa Chance was originally pulled over in her mail Jeep on suspicion of driving while impaired on State Highway 60. Uh, The post goes on to say that they found Chance to be under the influence of drugs. Officers found 175 unopened pieces of mail as well as about 100 open pieces of mail. (laughs) Uh, The addresses ranged from Ottawa, Hickson, Soddy Daisy, Sail Creek, and Dayton. That is your mail lady. (laughs) It probably is. Um, Deputies say... She had several prescriptions, gift cards, and other items that were sent through the U.S. mail to others than herself. Uh, the Facebook post uh, says Chance was an employee of the Dayton Post Office and worked for other locations in Hamilton in the Hamilton area. Uh, Chris Allen with the Postal Service with the Postal Service of the General Inspector. Jesus Christ, that's a title. Well, I'm Chris Allen with the Postal Service of the General Inspector. <laughs> Uh, tells us in an email that Chance is on unpaid leave pending an investigation. She will not have any access to people's mail or any other postal facilities. Allen says the UP- USPS will work to get any of the to get any of the recovered mail to the addresses where they belong. Chance is now in Rhea County Jail. Did you see the picture of her? Yeah, she's got a wonky eye and a wonky ear. Yeah, she got wonky everything, and it looks like she's been fucking. She looks like the the uh, the weird dude from all the. I like this shirt though. Scary movies. She looks oh, like yeah. a fucking methed out hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. I wonder what all those things are around her mouth. <laughs> I think she was going through all the mail hoping for like a herpes medication yeah, to pop yeah, up. Yeah, fucking Jesus. To- you're so Jesus. mean. James. I have. I really have. Uh, I'm questioning whether that's actually a female. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> like that dude looks like he's got issues. <laughs> you want to do some more? Yeah, we can do some more. Let's do a couple more, and then we get the fuck out of here. I got one. I want to do. Okay. I'm gonna do the hates neighbors. Uh, okay. So. Joseph Stroud, 79, was arrested after he was caught on surveillance video dressed up in overalls and wearing a woman's wig, placing dead animals on a headstone at the Pea Ridge Cemetery. Stroud, an Arkansas man accused of leaving 16 dead animals on an old neighbor's grave, pleaded guilty on Monday. He agreed to a plea deal lowering his charges from a felony to a misdemeanor, and Stroud was given a one-year suspended sentence and will have to pay more than $2,500 
and victim restitution. As part of the plea deal, Stroud must also surrender his driver's license because of his mental health. Police said in the tw- in 2020, Stroud also caused more than 2,500 in damages to a former neighbor's headstone by staining it with the blood of dead animals. No. Uh, I wish it had a reason why that was going on. <laughs> I like how it's like, hey, there was a, a – that's the type of news that I like. There's no information. There's no backstory. It basically just pops said, hey, guys, uh, there was a 79-year-old dude in Arkansas uh, just laying dead animals on this dude's gravestone and pouring blood on the one next door. That's it. Everyone's like, wait, why? And they're like, no, that's all you're getting. <laughs> that's all you're entitled to. We don't know. We uh, we have an idea. but Tell me you're a shitty reporter without telling me you're a shitty reporter. <laughs> Yeah. Like, how could you not? We not- have done more investigative reporting on this fucking podcast than the motherfucker that wrote this whole entire news article that was less than a fucking paragraph long. Jesus Christ. I like I like that he had to descend the like, okay, look, obviously there's a fucking issue with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So well, we're look- gonna need your driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah <we're- laughs> look, man. You're wearing overalls, wearing a woman's wig, putting dead animals on headstones. <laughs> we don't. Uh, it's a felony. We're going to reduce that to a misdemeanor and just suspend the entire sentence. Just give us two thousand dollars and just fucking give us your. You haven't driven ten years anyways. Just give us your driver's license so we can write something so we can tell these news reporters we did something. <laughs> and I, let me let me take back what I said about how it was not even one paragraph. It was one. Two, three, four. It was like four and a half paragraphs. Yeah, but, but there's no one, more than there's one no sentence. More than paragraphs. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Jesus. That, yeah, that is horrible fucking reporting. Yeah. Okay, I've got one, but that I want to finish off with, and it's not a, not necessarily a news story. It's oh, a uh, like a homework assignment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Called what? Okay. Do you know who Master P is? Master P. Yeah. No. Okay. Master P was um Jesus. Maybe not by name. I feel like I should know who it is. Yes. Master P was like uh like a P. Diddy dude back in the day. Okay, yeah. So I do know who it is. Yeah. So I thought you were like trying to go back to that urine therapy stuff that we no, talked yeah. about a while ago. <laughs> Let me see if I can find yeah. uh Master P, American rapper, uh Percy Robert Miller. Yes. Uh, he's at one time he was very fucking like over the top rich. Yeah. He's a, right? he uh, used to be a basketball player. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. His here. Let me let me let me look up his net worth real quick. Uh, Two hundred million dollars. Yeah. He's fifty years old. Yeah. Right. So he's good at business. Yeah. Master P has launched a new show called Master P Reviews. MPR. It's aimed MPR. at helping small businesses and entrepreneurs understand their potential in corporate America. The show is will also create the opportunity for new businesses to have national exposure to help market their products. And every fucking show has uh, interchangeable co-host genies, which are just fucking like these bombshell, scantily clad women in, in, that are his, his assistants. Yeah. It switch on and off. He calls them genies and they're in every fucking show. Oh, and by the way, this is a YouTube show. Yeah. So basically, he is supporting independent entrepreneurs. Basically, you send him something. He opens the fucking package up live and gives a review of it. And they're usually very positive. Yeah. But some of the products are fucking stupid. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. it's a. I think we need to send him something. Okay. I think we need to fucking like package up a t-shirt and a fucking like a thumb drive of an episode or something. We should do that. And send it to him and see what his review is. But if you want to get fucking really high and have hours of entertainment, you should go watch his fucking interview, his his reviews. He puts them out regularly. I'll do it. Yeah. It's I will do it. It's very fucking funny. You know what we do? We send him a shirt, uh-huh. a mask. Uh-huh. Just say we'll just send some some merchandise, right? We also send him a trophy. A trophy. We get him a goat fucking national <laughs> championship trophy. Yeah, with his name on it. <clears throat> you know how I said he played basketball? 
Yeah. So uh, he was signed to two separate NBA contracts in the late 90s for both the Charlotte Hornets and the Toronto Raptors. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know he had anything to do with basketball. And he owns his own basketball league. League? Uh, yes. Global Mixed Gender Basketball. Wait. Pretty wild. You can watch girls play against boys? I guess Mixed so. Mixed gender. Mixed gender. I guess so. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving out some genders, but- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. old. I'm old. Yeah. Forgive We're me. We're in trouble now. Thanks, James. <laughs> you just ruined the whole fucking show. <sighs> well, he's done a lot. There's been a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's a real entrepreneur. That guy. You ever hear him? American rap. Yeah, American rapper, actor, <laughs> record producer, entrepreneur, and former basketball player. Founder of the uh, record label No Limit Records, yeah. uh, which was launched as a as oh shit as No Limit Records through Universal Records and something else. Then against uh, then again as Gutter Music Entertainment, and currently No Limit Forever Records. He is the founder and CEO of P Miller Enterprises. P Miller Enterprises. I've heard that a lot. Right. And uh, Better Black Television, which was a short-lived online television network. I want to say that he also was had his. Didn't he have his own reality show? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Uh, let's see. I tell you right here, it should be uh, a film, film and television uh, career. That's right, black folks. We don't know shit. Yeah, so since 97, <laughs> Master P has been in numerous feature and straight-to-DVD films, uh, as well as television shows. His filmography includes Uncle P, Uncle Willie's Family, Soccer Mom, Gone in 60 Seconds, Hollywood Homicide, Toxic, Foolish, and I Got the Hookup. In 99, he had a small run in World Championship Wrestling, oh, yeah. where he led a professional wrestling stable called the No Limit Soldiers in a feud with Kurt Hennigs. Is that how you say it? I have no idea. Kurt Hennigs, the West Texas Rednecks. Master P also starred in Romeo alongside his son, Romeo Miller, on the Children's Network Nickelodeon. Holy shit. Okay. I watched that when I was a kid. Romeo. And I didn't know that was his kid either. Okay. Uh, on Nickelodeon from 2003 to 2006. He was also a, con a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, replacing Romeo when he dropped out due to an injury. He partnered with Ashley Del Grosso, or Grosso. Got or, No, Grosso. Uh, and received a total score of 8 out of 30 for his Passodable. Whatever the fuck that is. The lowest score in the short end of the show's history. He was eliminated in week four. In 99, Miller started starred alongside Eddie Griffin in a hit film, Foolish, where the film only grossed a total of $6 million Ooh, in its bad. national release. Yes. Really bad. It earned more per... It earned more per theater than the Phantom Menace, which was released the same weekend. Oh, that's the that's a one weekend total. Yeah. $6 million. Yeah. That's just in its national release. Okay. Yeah. In 2008, Miller has made history as the first hip-hop entrepreneur to own a cable television network, Better Black Television, BBTV011, uh, which was meant to promote positive messages and content to the African-American culture. Huh. Uh, executives included Denzel Washington, Derek Anderson of the Charlotte Bobcats, DJ Cool Herc, and Bo Derek. Bo Derek? Bo Derek. As part of the BBT. But wait, wait, wait. Bo Derek got braids in her hairs back in that fucking one movie and she thought she's black now? I guess so. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Miller and Romeo teamed up to develop a children's cartoon titled Gigi the Giraffe. The show is true to the duo's mission to produce positive educational and entertaining content for African-American children. Animations have been employed by the Millers on prior occasions, such as their February 2008 cartoon version of their music video for the song Black History. Uh, basketball career. Here we go. Had a contract with two different NBA teams in the late 1990s. The Charlotte Hornets during the 98 preseason and the Toronto Raptors in the 99 preseason. However, Miller did not play for either team after the conclusions of each preseason. Pre pre 
He also played in the uh, Continental, the Continental Basketball Association, right for the Fort Wayne Furies and the International Basketball League for the San Diego Stingrays. In 2004, he played for the ABA's Las Vegas Rattlers and Long Beach Jam. He took part in the 2008 McDonald's NBA All Star Celebrity Game and scored 17 points. Okay, so the 1998 movie, I got the hookup. Mm-hmm. First review is an 8 out of 10. I love this movie, and no, I am not Master P's cousin. Here's one. Also an 8 out of 10. This is definitely one of the movies you watch just to see how bad it is. I'm not sure if you'll be laughing at it or laughing with it, but the scenarios are ridiculous, including a retarded, re- including retarded gangsters trying to ride their bicycles and talk on the cell phones at the same time. Uh, and acting, the acting is pretty horrible, although Master P's vocabulary primary consists... Pri- Primarily consists of, uh, anyway, and and there's gratuitous <laughs> shots of just about anything that doesn't help the continuity of the movie. Next to Dolomite 2, The Human Tornado. This is probably the funniest movie that's, that's, that is only humorous. It, only humor is derived from the horribleness of the movie. There's a poor movie with a few flashes of brilliance, dire comedy of a man from a man on an ego trip. Jesus Christ. It's not very good fucking videos. What kills me though is like all, all the majority of these are like fucking, there's a lot of eight out of 10, 10 out of 10, but they're all shitty fucking reviews, reviews or shit. <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to just not piss off Master P. So he only has, <laughs> he has three- $200 million. We're not going to make him mad. He's got three things left here on his like his career writing. September first, two thousand seven, released his first book titled "Guaranteed Success." But judging by the reviews that you just read, <laughs> yeah, he throws a lot of shit at the wall and sees what sticks for sure. It's the consistency. Yes, like he's he's doing a box opening. He's doing box opening videos on yeah. YouTube with interchangeable fucking whores. Yeah. Um, or genies. I'm sorry, not not horse. Yeah. They're called genies. Uh, pro wrestling in '99, the No Limit Soldiers appeared on WCW Monday, Monday Nitro, feuding with the Filthy Animals and the West Texas Rednecks. Okay. October 8, 2019, it was reported and confirmed that Master P purchased ownership in Brooklyn, New York, based on independent wrestling promotion House of Glory. Food. In September 2019, Master P opened at Big Papa's Burgers uh-huh. on the West Bank of New Orleans. He's all over the fucking place. Yeah. Good God. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you got to diversify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it like that, you know, on June 2000, <laughs> June 19th. <laughs> Very Italian. <laughs> on June 19th, 2020, Master P announced his own rice brand because Italian. No, yeah, Master P's rice. Uncle P's Louisiana seasoned rice. Uncle which he, P's. Uncle P's, which he hopes I major like retailers We're- will begin selling. He said it's a way to put money back into our community. Yeah, 100 years from now, they're going to be pulling his picture off the box. Um. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. People are going to be buying up all the boxes and selling them for like 100 bucks a piece on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. This has uh, been good. Yeah. I really, I enjoyed this whole show. I thought it was yeah. fun. Okay. It wasn't as, uh, you know. Racist? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I feel like we redeemed ourselves with the Grandmaster P. Yeah. <laughs> You really got to check this show out because it is fucking, it is interesting to say the I least. I will do it. You fucking just get, sit back in your fucking squishy chair and. My squishy chair? Yeah. You got a squishy chair? No. Everybody's got to have a squishy chair. I don't. I have to get myself a squishy chair. Yeah. <laughs> Basement Pog from. Scoff Law Brewing Company in Adam. Atlanta. Yep. All right. Pog, ba- or if it's Pog Basement, not Basement Pog. Pog Basement. Pog Basement. Pog Basement. And uh, don't even know what that means. I'm going to keep thanking Chattanooga Whiskey till that fucking bottle's gone. Right. Maybe they'll send it. Def- it helps. It helps loosen everything up. Yeah. For sure. I like it. Yeah. I did drink a little too much this time, though. Yeah, I put a big fucking shot of mine, too. Still haven't eaten anything today. No. No. I had a chicken sandwich on the way over. <sighs> Everything turned out okay at the fucking the Wendy's today. Did it? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Got to learn some fucking tricks. Like, eat it right there at the fucking window staring <laughs> at, at them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's okay. I'll yeah, leave now. I will leave oh, now. Oh, 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 cars are honking at you. <laughs>
<laughs> like you're the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have fucked it up so many times that I'm just going to sit here and stare at you until my fucking Can't whole fucking, fucking meal's nobody. gone. I've, I've started – I want to delve into the world of Happy Meals again. Happy Meals? Yeah. Oh. Because I fucking – it's been a long time since I've gotten a Happy Meal toy, you know? Yeah, like 80 years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I got – well, I got a Happy Meal toy the other day. Yeah, see? I got kids, though. Yeah, I don't have kids, I, but I don't get – so I don't get Happy Meal toys? Fuck that. You know it, you it, can just buy the toys, right? Did you know that? I don't want the toy. I want the Happy Meal, like a hamburger, a small a hamburger and a small fry. Have you drink. seen how small the fries are in the Happy Meals now? No. So, they don't I come – I thought it was just a small fry. No. No, no, no. They don't come in like the little pla- the little paper small fry wrapper anymore. Uh-huh. They come in a cardboard. You know what the cardboard thing, the large fries come in? Right. They come in one of those, but it is no shit that fucking tall – that wide with like five French fries stacked in it. That is it. Really? Yes. Is that a Michelle Obama thing where she just fucking just ruined everything? Yeah, strong arm yeah. into fucking making healthy skinny kids. I guess so. How the fuck is how are pedophiles supposed to catch your kid if they're not fat? <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. I'm getting the fuck out of here. All right. Bye guys. Master P. Paul is ruining the show.